Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome. If this is your first time listening, this is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 202. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to share overall wellness topics, including money and mental health, because veganism is so much more than food. It truly is a lifestyle. It's a way of us building ourselves up. It's a way of living our best lives. We also chat about vegan entrepreneurship on the show. Make sure you come hang out with me on YouTube and Instagram on Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I took a little bit of a break, had some things I needed to take care of, but I am back with a new conversation for you. I actually have Tamika back on the show. You guys may know her as plant-based Tamika on Instagram. She was on the show back in 2020 episode 110 if you want to check that out and in that episode she talks about her vegan journey and how she was able to lose weight and cure her asthma with a plant-based life and so I just had to invite her back and I just wanted to catch up with her she's had so many incredible changes in her life so much growth so many amazing things has happened as far as her building her both of her businesses her plant-based Tamika brand and also who her boutique shopstandout.com make sure y'all go support that So I just had to have her back on the show to just talk about all of the changes that have happened over the last couple of years as far as her stepping into her purpose, being a caretaker for her mom, behind the scenes of her building her successful Instagram, just all of the good things that has been happening and some of the other great things that have been happening in her life. I just wanted to make sure that we caught up and just share her story with you guys. So I hope you enjoy this episode. As always, the show notes can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 202. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Samika, I'm so glad you're back. <laughs> I'm so glad to be back. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so much to catch up with because even though we saw each other over the summer, I feel like you have been all over the world. So we haven't even spoken since I saw you and you hosted me at your Girl. house. It's been really insane. Like I like I can't even I, I can't fathom where all I've been and what all I've been doing. But yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that when the year is over, you're gonna probably look back on your Instagram or your notes or whatever and be like, damn, I was all over the place. <laughs> I just did it the other day. I was like, this was only six months ago. Like this year has been crazy. Yes, it has. And I feel like since we spoke, because our last conversation as far as on a podcast was in 2020. And you have like blown up since then, girl. Like, I mean, good grief (laughs) in a great way. Girl, I'm not mad. It's like, I feel like it felt like so much work had been done and so much like prayer and meditation on it. And then like the growth was just so exponential. So yeah, I just, I feel very blessed to be able to do what it is that I'm doing. Yeah, as you should. I know you've always enjoyed this and you know, you lost weight being a vegan and help you with your asthma. All of those things. Asthma gone, praise the Lord. (laughs) I know, right? Goodness. I know somebody with asthma and he, oh my gosh, he will be in with the inhaler and everything. He actually didn't even get diagnosed with, is it diagnosed? I guess it is a diagnosis. (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. Until he was like 40, which is crazy. That's how you know it's what we put in our body. Because it's like, why all of a sudden I was 26 and had asthma. I'm like, what? 
Mm-hmm. You hear about that yeah. usually when, I mean, at least back in the day, it would be a kid's thing. People were born with that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, gosh, I don't even know where to start because I feel like it's so. there's so much we can talk about. <laughs> it is, child. <laughs> Let me find out. Okay. How are you doing today? Like, how are you feeling? What's going on with you? Girl, I feel so bomb. I just feel so grateful. Like, I just woke up. I did a meditation, a prayer. I just, I feel so good to be talking to you, like catching up with you. That's what I was like texting you. Like, I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Just again, just very blessed and just like, I feel like I'm beaming. Yeah. And you are. And I feel like as far as your work, you are born for this. You're not afraid of the camera. You're not afraid of putting yourself out there. You're not afraid of meeting new people. You're no, born I'm not for afraid. This. <laughs> yes. I even think, I'll, if you ever thought, I know you probably want like a show that you actually do on like television and things like that eventually. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast though? Girl, I thought about it. I love what you do, like love it. But I'm just like, I just don't, I don't know how I would mesh it into the the craziness that is my life right now. But I would love to do that type of stuff. I always fantasize about it, like what I would talk about, who I would talk to, you know, like have a ba- bunch of uh, fellow Black chicks on there just talking about this lifestyle. I just... I fantasize about it, Monique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I need yeah. to take one of your classes. Ah, uh, no, girl. You don't have to take no class. I, y'all do whatever you need. But I just feel like it's so natural. It's so natural for you that I think that that would be a good lane. Because I see you on live and you just do it like it's nothing. Girl, <laughs> as soon as I hit that little button right at, right before that anxiety, you know, it's like this, the mm. little pre-anxiety before you hit go live. And then once I hit it, I'm like, oh, this is nothing. People come on there because they want to see you and they, they want, you know, they want the information or they want the good energy. And as long as you have that, they, you know, everybody is like normally 99% super sweet and super cool on there. You can only get a troll every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to talk about this move though because first of all, I love your house. I mean, not that I haven't been to the new house, but I love your old house. It was so so open, so airy. I just love it. You had a lot of windows. I just love your house. So, you got to tell you. us what yes, what made you decide to move? Because when I saw that on Instagram, I'm like, "Hold up." What's I know, that? right? I know. And we were only there for like 3 years. So, honestly, Monique, it was my husband. He like we had been talking about like we need dedicated workspace. So, the the house we had before, like my husband, he does a lot of entrepreneurial endeavors as well, and he's really really delving into it. So, he's has a lot of meetings. I should not be able to hear every word he's saying. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I said, babe, we need to get, you know, like dedicated workspace, office space. And, you know, with my boutique, girl, this inventory, like I need a dedicated area to put it. So based off of, you know, caring for my mom and bedroom space, we needed, we really needed to have another extra bedroom and uh, office. So thankfully, like my husband found this spot and, you know, God, if it's for you, it's for you. And it's, it literally blew my mind, Monique. I was like, I had to really deal with my trauma from like being homeless, you know, as a child growing up like that, like, I don't deserve this. And, you know, just like just trying to not hate on myself and not Mm -hmm. express my fear and traumas and really just go with the fact that this is for me and this is why these doors are opening. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sitting in my my office right now and it's huge. It's like a boutique slash boutique office slash content suite is what I call it. So it's a bunch of boxes in here because I haven't fully unpacked, but 
I'm just so, so grateful. Yes, that worked out. I'm happy for you guys. That's amazing. That is so amazing. I want to talk about the trauma though, because I, I do appreciate how open you are about your experience. And I know when we were together that weekend, you talked you talked about that as well. First of all, just give people a little bit of backstory as far as your upbringing. And then I want to know like how you were able to overcome some of those things. And I know it comes up for you, mm-hmm. but... I feel like you just embrace life and you're so grateful and you're so happy about how things are turning out for you that I would love to know how you were able to move past that. Because unfortunately, we know that most people aren't able to. They kind of stay in that place. Yeah. They don't ever find what they wanted. They don't find their passion. They don't find love. It's kind of hard. So, yeah, go ahead and start from the beginning, if you don't mind. No, absolutely. So just in full transparency, I'm not sure. I don't think I am over it. <laughs> no, you, I know you're not, but I yeah, feel like but you're not stuck in it though. Like work, you still yeah, move. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'm not stewing. I'm not stewing in the trauma, but yeah. So growing up, my, my mom and dad, once they got divorced, my mom, she kind of always suffered with mental health issues. And once they got divorced, like I didn't have my dad to really shield me of that per se. So it would just be times where my mom would go through an episode and she would just would not pay the rent. And <laughs> it would be crazy because I would be like, why is there a seven day notice on the, you know, on the window or on the door? And then it like, there's a five day notice and it's a three or, you know what I'm saying? Like it was constantly notices and uh, I would go to school one day. And then when I came back home, our stuff would be either in boxes or, strewn out on like the front yard type of situation. Like we were evicted consistently Mm. and it happened. I I would say it happened at at least five times. We lived on the the streets of Chicago. I remember it was the winter time. We were going from like motel to motel. I remember one time my mom like stopped at a church and asked, could we, like, it was so weird. It almost feels like a dream. It was like, she asked, could we paint because they needed some work done can we do some work in exchange to stay here for the night and they like entertained the idea but ended up not working out and then we would go to try to like get food at like different drive-thrus and stuff like ask for food it was just like so many like jarring kind of experiences that and it's crazy because I have four other siblings that experienced this I have, it's five of us total in, in terms of like how many kids that my mom has, but like, I'm the one that it, it really like, it affected me the most. And it's so crazy because I'm like, y'all, y'all don't seem like too bothered by the, or too, you know, affected by it. They're like, yeah, we remember it, but kind of like, oh, well, so I guess like me being kind of like the middle child, it really affected me the most. Yeah. And I was about to ask you, which number were you in that five? You yeah, were like three so or I'm four, the, right? I'm the second to the last. So I had two older brothers and a younger sister. Mm -hmm. So I think my younger sister was a little bit like she, you know, a little bit young. And then I was, I would say between the ages of, I would say like, I remember going to divorce court with my parents. That was traumatic. I'm like, why am I here? Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Then, then I went to school after that and just remember sitting in class, like, so, just like confused and upset and all that kind of stuff. I was in third grade then. So it went third grade through basically until I, you know, decided to move, you know, out on my own. And I was like 18 at that, at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was working at a bank. I saved like two checks on top of each other. And I was like, I look, I'm about to go stay somewhere in a box. I don't, I have to. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh. 
Well, okay, so you were so young when you did that. So what did that look like and feel like? I mean, I know, of course, I, just because I know how you are, that uh-huh. paying your bills were like the ultimate. Girl, that's the key. As long yeah. as I can pay my bills, we look, I invite friends over. Look, we finna kick it in this box. Look, <laughs> somebody go get a bottle. I was abusing alcohol during that time. I had just, just discovered what alcohol was. I was like 19 then. I had my first drink. And then, child, I was just like... Just, you know, just doing the most, you know, as somebody who get their first taste of independence and all that kind of stuff. And then it was crazy because then my mom, she got evicted again and ended up staying with me. Mm. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I can't get away from this trauma, just traumatic stuff. So, of course, I let my mama come stay with me. But but that sounds very triggering, though. It's Even very, become, very yeah. triggering. Girl, it's very, very triggering because, like, we did not have the best relationship at all. But, you know, now that you know, my mom is experiencing dementia and I'm her caregiver and like her and my, my sister and I like split the care. It's literally like a different personality she has. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just so crazy to me. It's like, we had the most tumultuous like relationship when I was growing up, you know, as a teenager and a young adult. And then now it's just, it's so beautiful. I love so it. It's a yeah. very bittersweet thing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Your mom is such a joy. Like the whole weekend we dance. She girl, loves yes. yes. <laughs> so girl, the trauma is so real. So my mom never dealt with her trauma. And I'm a very strong believer that that is where a lot of the, that, that's where dementia comes from. Like, I really think if people don't deal with that type of stuff, the brain has to like, it's got to like, it's what's the word I'm looking you gotta for? You got to cope not, somehow, right? Yeah, it's, gotta, it's, it's, it's not shut like it a self sabotage, yeah. but it's kind of like a uh, self preservation. Absolutely, and it, and it like like it's gonna delete them memories and delete them traumas. And then I think I I truly believe that. So when I do look into like what causes dementia, and people have said like you know excessive alcohol use, not dealing with your mental health issues, all that kind of stuff, and it's a multitude of things. But yeah, my mom is one of nine siblings and. She's the only one that is experiencing this, to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, I, when I I know when I asked you before, because it felt like when I would have conversations with your mom, it felt like she knew what I was saying, and we were like engaged. Yeah. And you said, but she doesn't, and that kind of like in the way the way you look was like very okay with it. Like, this is what it is. But to me, I was just like in shock. Cause I'm like, wow, it feels like she we're connecting, but so you're like, she, no, she, she, connects to, she connects to energy and she might, it, it'll be like certain days and certain times. Monique, it's so funny. Like, like she, her energy is, she's got a very vivacious social, yes, she, yes, she, she loves to, like, I know my mom is, she's always a life of the party. She was always dancing. She's hanging out like wet clothes. That's where I get it from. I'm just saying, <laughs> Like literally that's where I get it from. Like she is so vivacious. So if you engage with her in a, in a joyful manner, like she's going to return that energy. She may not be able to process because with dementia, you know, it's just like your brain can't cognitively function, you know, the same way. And it's not catching exactly what you're saying, but she's getting the energy and the feelings that you're, you know, that you're giving off to her. Yeah. I want to also talk about the forgiveness because you didn't have a good relationship with her. I know as a caretaker, it's so amazing that you're able to split time. So six months she's with you and six months with your sister, right? Is that how you guys do it? Yeah. Okay, so I think that's amazing because it's it's so taxing to be a caretaker 24 hours a day. So I want to talk about the forgiveness because you didn't have a good relationship with her and then she lived with you for some time and then she kind of did her own thing. And then now she has to have consistent care. 
Mm-hmm. How did that feel for you? Because I know that's probably, it sounds kind of hard. So to be honest, it's just like, I've always loved, you know, obviously love my mom. And I was, I've literally just, it's always been a, I've prayed for her joy because I could tell like she was tormented. Mm. With that being said, like when she needed the care, like I was 100% ready and there because I'm like, that's my mom, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. no matter what our history, no matter what our past is. And I I know that she loves me, but it's like a lot of times... We don't realize this. Like our parents are just people with kids. Yeah. <laughs> They're people. They're people. And if they don't deal with the traumas and they don't, you know, they may not be equipped. Like, and I'm, I'm very much a proponent of like, we have to have, you know, grace with our older parents, especially because it's like they grew up in the generation to sweep it under the rug. Yes. Like that's what it is. It was not therapy. It was not pushing for mental health. It was like, she was very against mental health, like seeking the help because they would always like, she would be like, they keep calling me crazy. They keep calling me crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. So there was a stigma with it back then. Now, I feel like it still is though, unfortunately. Yeah, it definitely can be, but it's like, it's way better. Everybody is like, you know, take your mental health day, your mental health come first, da, da, da. You know, like people are really understanding that this is not a one-off type of situation. It's like everybody needs this kind this kind of help. So Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it was it's a it's a long story as to how we actually even got to care for my mom and I'm not even sure if we can do it today, but long story short, like my mom was choosing to live on the streets and my sister and I and my family was just like we've got to do something about this. But the police and everybody was just like, "Well, she's not committing any crimes. She's not homicidal. She's not suicidal. There's nothing we can do. And then she ended up getting like an infection in her foot because she was out in the streets. And I could not, I literally, I remember one time Monique trying to get her in the car with me and the mom, I'm taking you to my house. And she literally almost jumped out of the moving car. Mm. Like that's how serious she was. Like, she's like, I want to live on my own. I want to do it my way. And I'm just like, I'm, I was like, literally one foot on a banana peel and one foot on a mental breakdown. Mm, (laughs) So for that to happen, it turned out to be a blessing because one, she got healed from the infection. And then two, that's when the hospital, they, they noted that, okay, you need, you need care. So we ended up getting guardianship over my mom and like, it's, it's not, we never knew how this was going to happen or how it was going to play out, but and then the dementia started to advance, you know, and it, and it's st- and it's still advancing. So, you know, we're we're working it out and we're talking it through as a family. Yeah. Like, how to like give her the best care. Yeah. And you are like you're so patient. I just I just love seeing y'all interact. It was just oh man, it was such a joy just Aww, to see y'all together. You. First of all, I just want to say that I appreciate you hosting me because remember I was telling you. I was like, I don't know if I want to come. And then I decided like the morning of that I- <laughs> I'm so had, glad you ended up coming out, coming out, Monique. It was such a good time, and you know, oh, I came well. on with COVID, but that's all right. It was <laughs> girl that traveling home, honey. That that did you in, honey. It sure did. It was crazy, but we had a great time. You took me to some good places to eat. We're gonna talk about that later, and you did a great job hosting because you. I went out to visit you because, of course, you were having like a yacht party, a day party. Yeah, and you were hosting too. that, and that was a lot of fun. Even you know, behind the scenes, kind of weird but you know we had a good time (laughs) 
yeah. it was it was a good time. Are you planning <laughs> to do more of that? Is that because I feel like that's your lane too? You're just so good at just being out there, and it does you don't seem phased by crowds. I love that. I'm really not phased. Like I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm I'm telling you, God will take you through different experiences because like ultimately you you don't know what your story is going to be and ultimately this is why that this is like so easy for me is like i've always ended up having to speak in front of crowds and it started when i was like a kid in school and dealing with some stuff then and being so scared but i'm like but i didn't die so <laughs> i just i kept ending up being in front of a crowd so and that probably is where you know the tv that i've done in the past like it never bothered me it never scared me so yeah, that's a gift because, you know, most people are like, oh, no, they rather... The adrenaline <laughs> kicks in, but yeah, it's it's more like good adrenaline. So I've done live TV, I've done pre-recorded TV and all that kind of... But that adrenaline, is it never stopped, but you got to really hone in on it. Otherwise, you could look crazy as hell. <laughs> like, chill out, chick. Yes. But yeah. <laughs> we got to talk about the time in your... Because uh, you mentioned before that you, you know, in your 20s, you just would just... You would drink down like Girl, you had, always had a bottle. <laughs> Girl, I took pride in being able to being able to out drink people, especially men, and that's a dang gonna shame. Oh my god! So you wanted them drinking under the table? And yeah, you, you had all like, you a lightweight, you know. <laughs> Girl, so what made you decide? Because I know there was a time. I, what mm-hmm. was it like two years ago, three years ago, when you decided that you weren't going to drink anymore? Your I husband, think it was like husband. a year and a half ago. Oh, I seem longer than that. Really? Okay, what, no, yeah. like, mm-hmm. what yeah. made you and your husband decide to do that together? So, like my, so basically, my husband, he's just he supported me through it, just like he supported me through transitioning to into a plant based lifestyle, vegan lifestyle. He supports me through that. Basically, I just felt like I was at a crossroads and I know and I knew where I wanted to go. I feel so passionately about plant-based Tamika and what it is that I'm doing with it. I really like, I just, I know it in my spirit. God keeps revealing it to me. Like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And like I said, I felt like I was at a, I was in like about to hit a ceiling, you know? And I just, I knew I was like, if I'm going to really get to this next level, I'm telling you spiritually, God was like, if you're going, if you're going to let me take you to this next level, you have to give that up. Mm. So God, he was just like, you just got to let it go for a little bit. So I was like, okay. So I, I was like, okay. I, focus. <laughs> basically I had, because it's a thing, if you're drinking in your evenings or, Whenever it is that you're drinking, th- that's time when you really can't truly be productive. So at least for me, it's like I am at, I automatically get into relaxed, chill. I'm sprawling on the couch mode. You know, I'm chilling. Yep. Yep. So I took that time to read, pray, like journal, all the things I wasn't doing when I was drinking alcohol. And mm-hmm. then I like I still like, girl, it was so much trauma I had to deal with during that time. I was a mess. Like my husband was like, are you OK? <laughs> Wow, because you were you really okay? unpacking some of the things that girl, you kind of were hiding behind well, alcohol with. Girl, because, because you know, I wasn't realizing that I was using alcohol as a crutch to not have to deal with certain things. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it's so many different facets into my decision, as, like into like letting go of alcohol during that time, because 
I also didn't want to use alcohol as a coping mechanism while I was caring for my mom. So when she was getting ready to, you know, come back to, you know, to, to be with me, I said, I want to be like sober during this time. So that entire time that I was caring for her the last time, I didn't have like one, one beverage because I just, I really wanted to take that time to, you know, be a hundred percent engaged with her and know that, look, I can be patient. I don't need to have a crutch, all that kind of stuff. And right before she came back with me, I ended up taking a solo trip to Tulum because I felt like I just kept getting that urge to travel solo. And this was during my time where I swear, if I didn't do this trip, I think I probably would have like needed some, like, I don't know. It's just like, I just felt so unstable, like emotionally. So when I took that time to go to Tulum all by myself, I was traumatized and scared at the thoughts of what could happen. But I said, I have to go. You know, I keep getting this pull to go. And it was so life changing. It showed me that, you know, you can travel solo. You can travel internationally solo. And it's just I had so many revelations. So I did like a whole YouTube like video on it. And girl, I got so many messages of people like I'm bawling watching this. Like mm-hmm. I'm crying. Like they were so engaged because like I was pulling back all the layers. I was so like I was just so transparent about it all. And I, I got my lessons that I was supposed to get from that trip and during that time and things like that. And girl, it's just crazy. So now it's like I get so much hindsight from why I had to do those things. Now I'm traveling so much and it is no thing for me to get like on a plane and travel solo. You know, like I would travel by myself here and there, but it would be like a short trip down the street here or a short domestic trip here. Like the fact that, you know, it was out of the country and my husband wasn't near me and no friends were near me. I was just I was so scared to do it, but I realized like it's like just be safe. You'll yeah. be good. I feel like that was a change. Like I I noticed the change when you went on a trip and mm-hmm. when you stopped drinking. Now I know mm-hmm. you sip you sip a little bit now, but mm-hmm. bef- but now you do it probably with Girl, intention. It, it's, it's not like it was before. It would be like, oh, we'll have a little bit of champagne with my girlfriend celebratory. But before it would be like literally every day, pretty yeah. much. Girl, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, girl, yeah. And it's just like, especially COVID didn't make that any Oh, it made easier. it worse. <laughs> any easier. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I definitely, I vividly remember the shift. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So at that time, I feel like you started to make, you were making your own recipes, right? And you were sharing those on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. you decided to share the food around Chicago. And so I don't even you know how that happened. I don't yeah, even I think know. you're a good cook too, by the way. Like everything you gave me when I visited you was great food. So you're a great oh, cook. Great. What, made, yeah. what made you pivot though to showing food around Chicago and, and everywhere else? Because now you're everywhere traveling, showing food. 
It's so crazy. I had no idea because I knew I didn't know what exactly my niche was going to be in regards to the plant-based lifestyle and veganism. And I, I'm literally giving God all this credit because I have, I have no, like, it wasn't like I was sitting up strategically like, yeah, you're going to show all this food and everybody going to love it and da, 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 <laughs> because it just wasn't like that. I think I went to one restaurant and then showed some food and ate it into my normal reactions because I'm extra as hell. That's who I am. <laughs> so if something is good, I'm going to give it what it's supposed to give <laughs> reaction wise. So literally people were like, I love to see you eat. This is so like, oh my God, you make the food look so good. I get so many comments that says you make the food look so good. I'm, I still don't understand what I'm doing to do that. Oh, I'm going to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to dive into that. Cause I need to know, I need to know what you're doing too. Like, okay. I'm, you not, I'm not filtering the food. I'm not doing anything like that. I might brighten it so you can see it better and not have deep shadows and whatnot in the food. But like, clearly I was like, okay. As much as I hate doing recipes, Monique, I hate it with a passion. Like You did. Girl, <laughs> I hate it. So I love that Tabitha Brown came out with that cooking with by the spirit book or in, with the spirit because that's exactly how I cook. Like you just give me, give me the ingredients and, and, you know, even a loose set of, a loose set of measurements and, and I'll make it work because that's the way, like, I just feel like I always end up tweaking recipes nine times out of 10 anyways. Mm-hmm. So but I've definitely gotten more into the recipe creation because my audience really loves and appreciates that. And I realize the majority of the people that follow me, vegan or not, are interested in like the easy transitioning tips and the and the easy stuff. So and that's what my life is about. Like yeah. I like I can't do super complicated. I just don't have the time for it mm-hmm. or the desire to do something. Right. <laughs> I'll just go find somebody that makes that and get it from them. Okay. <laughs> oh so, yeah. When you are pulling, I need to know when you, okay, put the plate down and you're pulling to show like a cheese stretch Uh or biting it. Do you do multiple takes of that? Are you just getting it right away? Because I I always am fascinated by that. I swear to Bob. Like I be thinking God is right there with me, like, or my (laughs) angel is right. Like we go make this pull even better for you, boo boo. Because (laughs) I'm telling you, (laughs) it's so crazy. Like when I was at Can't Believe It's Not Meat and I had that, it was like their new vegan patty melt. Like, and I did that pull and it was just like, oh my God, I was shocked, which is why my <laughs> eyes got so big. Like, look at this here, vegan cheese doing all of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like, I just, I go for the shot and I would say 99% of the time it's, it's if it's a pull, it's that, it's that first shot. Because I'm not going to ask them to make it again unless I didn't get pictures. Like sometimes I'll forget and like, oh, crap, I forgot to get pictures of the food to add to my blog. And then I'll, you know, I might ask them to make one thing for me over just so I can get that visual. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times I'm so excited by the food. I'll, I'll, you know, I'm like, oh, crap, I just went straight in the video <laughs> and started eating. <laughs> so you put the tripod. Are you using the tripod? Obviously, right? Nine times out of ten. Sometimes I'll have somebody with me, but I honestly feel like the best videos come from my tripod, me, and the food. Mm-hmm. So you're getting in there, you're getting in the shots, you're eating the food. Do At this point, I feel like restaurants are probably inviting you out because your your Instagram is is like blowing up. So they want you to come out and, and spotlight them, right? At this point? Yeah, I get a lot of invitations, but you'll be so surprised how many restaurants they'll be like, 
oh, we were wondering when you were going to reach out to us. We, you know, like, we're so glad to have you. I'm, And I'm like, I rarely have the time to do outreach now just because I'm trying to keep up with the, the recipe creation, the food reviews that I am invited to, and like just certain brands that I choose to like work with consistently. So yeah, but I'm definitely getting invitations to to different like openings and, you know, foodie events. So it, it's very exciting. I'm not going to lie. It's exciting. Yeah, that's right <laughs> in your lane, right? <laughs> that's Absolutely. Right you. Okay, so as far as your settings on your camera, because your footage always looks so bright and crisp, are yeah. you, what, yeah, what, first of all, what phone are you using and what settings are you using? So I use the iPhone 13 Max Pro and nine times out of 10, I am shooting in HD 60. I know people say the 4K, you know, the 4K, but I personally like the HD 60 better. Interesting. Yeah. And then you just have to make sure that when you're posting on Instagram, that you go to your settings, your account settings, and that you enable high quality uploads because no matter what you're shooting in, if you don't have that button highlighted, upload high quality, like upload high quality settings, like something like that, it will not, it will not translate, you know, in terms of like the level of quality. Yeah. Instagram is always restoring all the footage. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, you do have, you definitely have to set that up in order to make sure you get that. Yeah. mm -hmm. At this point, because I know before, of course you have your boutique. I want to know how are you making money at this point? Because we know that you can share everything in the world on Instagram and you can do yeah. it for years and not get paid for any of right. it. So at this point, what do you, what does that look like for you? So basically, one, you have to understand like negotiation and what it is that you want to get paid for your time. Because what I've realized in this short time of influencing is that the the the, the budgets and ranges you know, of these paid partnerships, they vary so much. Mm -hmm. Like somebody just offered me yesterday. And at this point in time, I have like 83,000 followers. This brand offered me $500 to do a reel and some stories. Oh no. That's that's not not what I'm into. Like you have a lot of followers, but you have a very engaged audience. So it's like, what? Don't play with me. (laughs) Girl, I was just, I, I haven't responded to that. And a lot of people I know that are, that are in this influencing game, they're like, I don't even respond to them, girl. Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I, you know what? This is business. Like, I'm not taking anything like that personally. That's their budget. It's just not working for me. Like, right. if I was at, you know, if the under 5,000 or in that 5,000 range, maybe I would consider that. But I realized it really just depends on what it is that you want to get paid and, and sticking to that. So, Obviously, I'm not charging the same amount for a small business as I am like some super big brand. But ultimately, it's like you have to put a you you have to put a time, not a time, a price to your time. So the way I make money is the paid partnerships, obviously. And I say no to way more than I say yes to because it's just like certain certain products and certain things. It's just it's really just not up my alley. Mm-hmm. I say no to when they just offer just like an affiliate link because I'm not into selling somebody else's product per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times people think that the influencer's job is to sell. And my girl, Shauna, honey, of Vegans of Influence, honey, she told me <laughs> that that really is not the job of the influencer. And guess who told her that? Who me. Told her? Yeah. Uh, Yes, that's I did. I told her that. Yeah. Because when we, first started, yes, when we first started to work together, I Girl. said, 
you, we're not salespeople. We no. just get our our job is to get our audience to the sales page, and then it's a brand yes. job to actually sell them. That's Thank all. You. That's up to you and your website to convert these sales. Absolutely, so it's our job for awareness. It's our job. Like it depends on what it is that that brand's goals are. Now, mm-hmm. for certain things, maybe it is to increase sales or help increase sales, but it's not just like, if you just expected me just to like do everything, product, like that's just, it's not realistic. It's not, um, especially on a platform like Instagram where it right. takes effort for a person to, to do that. Especially if you do like a real, a person is not, it's not like a YouTube video where they can just go to the link in the description and click through. It's more effort. Yeah. It's podcasting is the same way. Podcasting is a perfect example of this. And when I work with brands, I always work, I always Focus on the click through rate kind of thing. Uh-huh. You know, everything else is not my business. It's not my business. The people yeah. clicking are people. <laughs> it's not are my people business. <laughs> you know what else? So it's like just if anybody understands sales in itself is most people aren't just buying off the first being exposed to something the first time, the second time, or even the third time. A lot of times it takes like seven exposure like moments, like whether it's you hear about it, you see it, you know, it keeps popping up on your ads. You're like, okay, well, dang, let me check on this. Let me see what about, mm-hmm. let me, I'll try to buy it now. You know, it. it's not that easy to convert a sale. Like it really- I love that you said that. It's so, so true. true. It's so, yes. so true. And I've learned that like just from my years as being an entrepreneur and, and researching sales and trying to understand, you know, conversion rates and what's a good conversion rate and different marketing strategies and all that kind of stuff. And you start to realize that it, yeah, it's not as super simple as that is somebody would like to think that it is. So yeah, they're trying to put too much weight on the, the, the shoulders of the influencer, in my opinion, to say, okay, this is your job to sell all of this. So yeah, it's definitely the money comes from the paid partnerships. And I have a goal for 2023. I've got to get on, I would say one to two of my absolute favorite brands, I've got to get like a year long contract. Like that's ultimately my goal because as influencers, you know, we definitely have this month to month, like different shifts and, you know, ebbs and flows. Ebbs and flows. Income can be, and oh, man. I'm not comfortable with that. I hate it. <laughs> this new house got a new price tag. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's like, if I'm going to do, be doing content anyways, it's fine. I try not to do more than I would say two paid partnerships a month. And I think that that's fair. So I know that, you know, my audience, one, if they see it as a pay partnership, they they know I'm, I'm just not taking any old thing because it's just not that serious for me mm-hmm. because thankfully I do have multiple streams of income. So, but you know, it's, it's just like, if it, if it meshes and I love the product, then yeah, I absolutely would want to do the year long contract. But see, it's also like you have to really be careful with that because then you might be stuck with a brand for a year that you don't even really want to work with. So oh, it's like, yeah. it's like I, I really want to test the waters with a few brands. So there's been some that I really enjoyed working with. Like I really enjoyed working with Jack and Annie's. And oh, I love them. Yes. yes they were a joy. With them too. Yes, they were a joy. So I'm saying like I would absolutely love to get on their pay like on their payroll for like a year long contract and see how that goes. So yeah, we'll see how that works. <laughs> what I love about you is that you're not afraid of the negotiation. Like we were talking about that when we uh, when I stayed at your house about 
how you were telling me I need to pitch more. I need to, you know, put myself out there more to get these opportunities. And I know you saw my face. I was like, what? (laughs) It scares me, you know? So for you, because you mentioned a brand $500, I feel like you're somebody that will go back in your inbox and say, okay, but my budget is this. Because I feel like brands are going to lowball you the first time anyway. A so lot of them will. A give lot me of some negotiations. Will. Now that I have to do all of this by myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> for you, it was it didn't matter that Shauna's not doing it anymore because you already was doing. I feel like you was already doing all this. Yeah, anyway. Shauna was like, "You don't really need me to pitch." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, w- give me some tips on negotiations as far as working with brands because I'm so nervous about this this transition. It. I'm telling you, I still struggle with this. Like, as women, I'm telling you we struggle with this whole negotiation thing because I just, I don't see it from a lot of guys. I really don't. So it's, it's just like, oh, well, you know, they're trying to work with me. Let me be flexible. Like we're always so flexible, but it's just like, I, I would say have a range, you know, have a range and be willing to be flexible if you really want to work with the brand. But if not, you could just say, okay, it's not a good time. It's not a good time because at this point, like, a $500 like to do a reel because I know that it's going to take me a certain amount of time to do a quality reel mm-hmm. and me wasting time doing that. I'm literally missing time doing something else, something else that will make me more or bring me joy. So, mm-hmm. so that, that's another thing is like, do I really enjoy what would, would I really enjoy doing this content? Would my community, would they enjoy it? Would they like it? So, and another thing I also do is, oh, never accept a contract with a brand that you have not tried. So many of these brands will be like, oh, can you promote da 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 this? And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I've never tried your product. I need you to send it to me first, see if I like it. And then if I like it, then we can talk. We can talk. Exactly. I know it's wild. I guess because a lot of people do it, but I'm the same way. A lot of people, I'm sure, do it. But girl, they'll send me one of them little cooler you know, one of them little cooler things for the cold food and like the food, you know, (laughs) look, I need to try this stuff. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to put it out there. Speaking of editing as as far as reels, what is your process for that? Do you, are you doing it all in your, uh, on the Instagram app or are you using something else? It's so funny you asked me this because I have a good friend of mine who is like, I can't believe you're using the Instagram app. I'm like, it's so easy to me personally. Like I have used other apps, but Outside of the certain little times that it like crashes or does this or does that, like you absolutely have to save your drafts, absolutely download and save, not just hit save. But I use the Instagram in inside the app. But I do know for certain different like things that you may want to do, like features that you may want to use, like another app would be ideal, perhaps like maybe InShot or something like that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So because you're so busy and I know you mentioned prayer and meditation and some journaling, what else do you do for self-care, especially during the six months that you have your mom? Mm, honestly, it re- it really just boils down to that. And I'm really not good at journaling, but that time when I was not able to Function. sit up there and have yeah. you know, all the beverages and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I made it, I made it a point because to be honest, when I journal, I go back to that and then it gets me back in that spirit of where mm-hmm. I was. And sometimes I don't want to revisit that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so journaling, I'm, I'm still like working through that whole thing because yeah, it's like, sometimes I don't want to, I don't want to take it back there in that moment. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so self-care to me is just like doing 
joyful things. And to me at this moment, even working is still self-care for me, but I, I, I definitely get my relaxation time in as much as a social butterfly that I am. <laughs> I still need time to sit back in a quiet room and not do anything because it's like I give so much socially that that can be draining, you know, so and depleting. So then, you know, I just I literally sprawl, relax like I just <laughs> it doesn't take much. <laughs> I love it though. It's so important. Are you intentional about it or do it? It just kind of, you just, like you said, get drained and do it. Right now it's a get drained and do it to be 100% honest. Like, because it's like, okay, my husband has a saying that he uses for everything and we stress it to the kids. It's like, do what you do, what you got to do. So you could do what you want to do. Amen to that. So everything that's on the calendar that, you know, is in relation to a goal with my boutique or with plant-based Tabika, I'm doing that. And then, girl, I I relax. Mm -hmm. So have you noticed that as far as your sales for your boutique, has it increased since your plant-based Tamika page has grown? Because I know you had a storefront at one point, Mm -hmm. but do you feel like the sales are better now because you're like cross-promoting? How's that going for you? So it definitely, I definitely get sales from my plant-based Tamika community, but I think it just, it it honestly, it kind of balances out because of my level of promo for it, because I don't really, like, I, I still promote the boutique and stuff like that, but honestly, it's, it's second, it comes second to plant-based Tamika. Mm -hmm. So until I like decide exactly what I want to do and what, you know, in terms of like, should I hire somebody to help me with standout style, whatever it may be. To me, that's, that's more supplementary. And it's crazy because before that was my primary income. And then plant-based Tamika came and just like, girl, it's like one brand. I could make, I could make so much money just working with one brand for like a couple of reels. I'm like, this is great. And it's stuff I want to do. To anyway. do. I know that's the best part. Cause it's stuff yeah. that you can do anyway for free. Yeah. And, <laughs> so. and it's stuff that I don't necessarily have to have a markup on. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. overhead. I don't have to put it on sale. I don't, you know, I don't have to pack it and ship it and all that stuff. And it's like, I take the time to do that with every order still too, because I also know that, when somebody is shopping for my boutique that a lot of the times it's because it's me. They think mm-hmm. the item is cute and all that kind of stuff too, but they're like, let me go support this chick. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. I like what it is that she's doing and I want to support her. So I definitely make sure like I handwrite notes and stuff like that. So I take the time to do it. And it's just like, I'm intentional about every single order that I process myself. Mm-hmm. So I kind of don't want to ever give that up. So it's like it's like I almost know that standout style is not going to be like it's never going to be a Macy's, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's your little baby. <laughs> you want to protect it and be able to still be hands on. So I get it. Yes. Yeah. So your future is so bright, and I feel like your present is very bright as well. So what are you looking forward to over the next couple of years? Mm, Monique. So thank you for that. But I'm honestly, it's so hard for me to think a couple of years in advance because everything in my life consistently changes so quickly. Like two months ago, I didn't know we were going to be moving. We literally moved so fast, mm-hmm. found the spot, moved. And it's just like, there's so many changes going on, like in relation to, you know, just like caring for my mom and all this kind of stuff. But ultimately, like, I see myself in the next couple of years, like literally having my mind blown with where 
where I am in life because things are moving so quickly now and advancing so quickly now. And I I keep having this gratitude mindset is because like, I know where I've come from. Like I know Mm -hmm. how far I've come and I know that it's not just the end of the road now. So I'm pretty just beginning. beginning. Yeah. And I'm pretty (laughs) open-minded about it, but it's like, ultimately I did put that out there in my IG bio because I'm like, somebody is going to see this and be like, yes, we we do want you to come and try out for this show. So I definitely want to get in television again, having done like commercials and like live TV and different segments and things like that. I enjoy it. And I just think that ultimately I'll be able to be on a bigger platform too. So... Absolutely. Yes. Well, as always, it was such a pleasure having you on here to just catch up because that's what I wanted to do with you. Just catch up on everything. And not only that, but you dropped so much values and so many lessons and all of that. So I really appreciate you coming back on the show. Thank you so much, Monique. And I'm going to send you an invitation to come and hang out at the new crib. Oh, for my 40th next year in in August, get ready. We doing a pumps and a bumps pool party because we have a pool here. (laughs) I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm there ready, though, bro. You know I'm there. I'm there. Get ready. Get I'm ready. There. Get Tell ready. us, let, let us know how we can follow you on Instagram and your boutique or whatever else you want to share before we wrap up. Okay. So the boutique is Standout Style and that is shopstandout.com. And that's also Shop Standout on Instagram. You can follow me, Plant Based Tamika, and that's T A M I K A on Instagram and all the other platforms. It's Plant Based Tamika on YouTube, TikTok, all that. And then my website is also plantbasedtamika.com. Yes, I love it when it all matches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make it easy for people to find you. Exactly. So, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much again for being here. Thank you, Monique. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week.